from before time began. You are on your throne. You are God alone. And right now, in the good times and bad, you are on your throne. You are God alone. You are God alone. From before time began, you are on your throne. Because you are God alone. It's my part. And right now, in the good times and bad, you are on your throne. You are God alone. Let's go to Genesis chapter 8, verses 8 and 22. And I'm going to, I didn't skip over this prayer rally. I'm going to get back to it in a minute. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, in the New International Version, and then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 9 and 10, also in the New International Version. Let's read together. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. 2 Corinthians 9 and 10. Now he who supplied seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. This afternoon, our topic is seed time. Seed time. Seed time. I, I had a sermon for you. You may have your seats. I had a sermon for you, but instead God sent me with a message for you. There's a difference between a sermon and a message. He sent me with a message. The message is seed time. See, I was looking for some scriptures to preach on word, wisdom, and wealth. That's why I thought I was going. Word, wisdom, and wealth. And so I'm looking up the scriptures, and I run across Genesis 8.22. That was the first scripture that I saw, and God began to say seed time. I tried to keep it to an exegesis of several scriptures, but God just wanted me to tell you something this afternoon, and it's just one word, seed time. Seed time is actually one word. So this month, we want to go from not enough, run through just enough, and live in more than enough. Now, I couldn't get nobody to raise their hand this morning because you don't want nobody to know, but some of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but some of you are is not enough. And I want you to go to just enough, but I, I want you to run through that. I'm not trying to get you to stay to, in just enough. I need you to live in more than enough. Anybody want to live in, in, in more than enough? Right now, I'm living. I can't lie. I'm living in more than enough. But sometimes, as we've been talking about this, since uh, we tend to be uh, typically a middle-class type church, we, we haven't been able to, to seem like really get people to embrace needing or wanting to have more than enough. I'm doing all right. I got a little savings. I got a little this. We all right. I'm not feeling this financially fit, uh, this financially set thing, uh, you know, as deep as I thought we were going to fit. So I, I said, well, God, why do they need more than enough? Why do I need to be worried about more than enough? One is for the glory of God. When you're living in more than enough, you make God look good. When you're struggling with not enough, God don't look so good on you. But we want the world to know that our God is Jehovah Jireh. He's a God who is more. He's a provider. He is El Shaddai, which means almighty or more than enough. And so it makes God look good. The other reason you want more than enough is so you can save. Because when you're at just enough, you got just enough. 
But when you have more than enough, you can save and leave an inheritance. The Bible says a good man will leave an inheritance to his children and his children's children. It's a ghetto mentality to think every generation has to start from scratch. I got mine. Let them get theirs. That's not how wealthy people do it. They, 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 their next generation don't have to start where the last generation started. So you want the Bible says, I don't care what your mama and them said, bless the child they got their own. That is not what the Bible said. The Bible said good people, Christian people, leave an inheritance for their children and their children's children. You want more than enough to be able to give and support the kingdom in this world. The reason other, you see other churches that can do all that stuff, they have people in their congregations that are prosperous enough to write a $50 check if they need to. So we want to support the kingdom and this world and the vision that God has given this church is that we have places of worship. So we have a place to gather and make disciples like Jesus told us to. So once we get out there, we make all these disciples. We need a place for them to gather. And to do that, you need more than enough. We, our church does community centers. We have a vision to have a community center in all of the communities where we have a place of worship, a community center to transform lives and feed the hungry and take in strangers and clothe those in need and heal the brokenhearted and set at liberty those who are oppressed by the enemy because that's what Jesus told us to do. And we can't do that living in not enough or even just enough. We need to be in more than enough. So our endeavor at New Antioch Christian Fellowship is for every member of this church to leave not enough Learn while you're in just enough. Get those lessons we've been trying to teach you. Learn while you're in just enough and live in more than enough. And so that means we have to level up to financially set. There's this place called financially set that we have to level up to if you're not there already. Well, I'm going to remind you what I mean by financially set. It means all bills are paid every month on time. Never any fear of losing a home, a car, or daily provision. No one else's money is part of your budget. No one else's money is part of your budget. Your mama money ain't part of your budget. You got three to six months of liquid funds available to where if anything happened, you could take care of your family for six months. You have your retirement set. You know what you're going to do as you get older. You know that I'm good for the rest of my life as far as the things that I can control, which might not be a lot, but as far as what I know that I can do and I can get in, in set, so I can get set, uh, I, I, whatever I can do to make sure that sick or well, I'm going to be all right for the rest of my life. It means being debt-free or have debt that's easily paid off. It means having multiple streams of income. That it's not just my, my one check that I'm uh, trying to live on, but it also means I, I got some investments over here that's kicking some. I got some, some, over, some uh, ownership over here that's kicking me something. It might be my books. It might be uh, my little business on the side. Other things that I know how to do. I have more than one stream of income. It means living within your means. So that this is your means. So this is where you live in. Not this is your means and this is where you live in. Living within your means. It means that you have some insurance uh, and some health care so that it's not one sickness or one emergency that wipes you completely out. It means having savings enough to pay for most things in cash if you wanted to. So if you are not set, that's what I mean by set. If you're not set, then you're unstable. Anything that's not set is unstable. If you are not financially set, you might be financially upset. And when you get financially upset, one wrong move and you're in trouble. But what we find is that being financially set takes time. It's a process. What it comes from, it comes from good financial habits over the years of time. 
good financial habits over years of time. It takes time. What are those good financial habits? I've been telling you for 20 years. This is what they are. Tithe, save, give, and take care of business. Also known as stewardship. Take care of business. Open your mail. Pay the bills. Make the phone calls. Get your credit rating up. Take care of business. Stewardship. Tithe, save, give, and take care of business. But what we're receiving from God today then is the beginning of the process. This is how you start the process of being financially set. The Bible says there's a season for everything. It says to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. Then it says a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which has been planted. God said to tell you it's time to plant. He said tell them it's seed time. It's seed time. It's seed time. Somebody say it's seed time. Somebody say it like you really want it. Tell me it's seed time. It, it, it's seed time. It, it's seed. Let me hear you say it again. It's seed time. Let me say it. You get it in your spirit. It's seed time. Let me tell you what he said. In, in our first text, in Genesis 8.22, this happened after the flood. And after the flood, God promises Noah that as long as the earth endured, there would be seed time and harvest. And he listed a few other things there. And sure enough, since the flood, he has not destroyed the earth like that again. And every day since the flood, there's been seed time and harvest. There's been hot and cold. There's been winter and summer. There's been day and night, just like he promised. So he said there would be seed time and harvest. Now, I'm not sent too much to talk about the harvest today because the harvest is the end result. The harvest is being financially set. The harvest is that continuation of being blessed for the rest of your life. I'm really here to talk about seed time. Yeah. Yeah. But just for clarity, let me, let, me, let, me, let me explain. Explain, Lucy. Seed time and harvest are agricultural terms. They're farming terms. You plant seed during seed time. And it grows into whatever kind of crop that comes from that seed. So when that crop is ready to eat or crop is ready to be sold, they call it the harvest. They go back and get the end result of that crop that they planted. But this seed time and harvest is not just an agricultural principle. It is a kingdom principle. Yes, it is. King seed, seed time and harvest are kingdom principles. And that means it's in the atmosphere. That means it works throughout the kingdom of God. We're in the kingdom right now, just in case you didn't know. The kingdom of God where we have our citizenship has a principle called seed time and harvest. You can only harvest what you've planted during seed time. In other words, you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow in the natural, in the spiritual, and the relational, and the financial. There is no harvest where there has been no seed time. Somebody say it's seed time. God said to tell you today it's seed time. He's ready to get this thing started. He's ready to let you take advantage of his grace. God said, tell him, I'm ready right now. I'm going to let him take advantage of my grace. It's seed time. He's setting you up for successful living. Living. He's extending you a season that he is going to use to bless you. He's opening up right now. He's extending to you right now a season that he's going to use to bless you. He's laying a foundation for you to live a blessed and prosperous life. Somebody say, it's seed time. Now, my research indicated that seed time here in this country tends to be between late March and July. So, Sharonda, I looked at the calendar. It's seed time. <laughs> I said, oh, okay, God, I get, I get it. But then as I begin to read, I realize it depends on what you're trying to grow. 
Now, I'm not, I don't have time to chase this down. Some of you are going to have to grab some of this in the spirit. But it depends on what you're trying to grow. It depends on where you live in the world. Some places is seed time year round. They, they live in atmospheres where they can plant year round. Some farmers have to wait to see that there's not going to be another frost. So they don't want to put their seed in the ground and then, uh, then the weather changes and they lose that seed because there's another frost. And some of them, most of them, they want to plant before rainy season. Because a rainy season is coming. And when it starts to rain, they want their seed in the ground. But it's hard to determine then when seed time is in unpredictable weather. Y'all, this word, this world, this economy, this political climate, this spiritual climate is all unpredictable weather. But when God declares a seed time, <laughs> the weather don't matter. It doesn't matter what in your life is unpredictable. When God declares it's seed time, he opens up the opportunity to get in on what he's already decided to do. He wants you to get in on what he decided to bless. Because all we can do is plant and water. God gives the increase. And he's saying to the, today to those who will believe it's seed time. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, and, and it's to the believers. It's, it, it, I'm opening up an opportunity. I hope y'all getting this. Yeah. I'm opening up right now at New Antioch Christian Fellowship. For the people that are sitting here listening today, for those that are listening, he said, I'm opening up an opportunity. It's seed time. So farmers then, they plow up the field to make sure they're planting in good ground so that the seed has the right environment to do what it has to do. Make sure it has the right nutrients to bring about a good crop. They're, so they found out there are things that they can do to help the ground out. And when they help the ground out, then they put the seed in just right so you don't lose any of the seed. They're not wasting seed. They put the seed in just right. And then they water the seed. And God's water, called rain, is the best for that. But then they found out that you can grow things in some places that aren't supposed to grow there if you do what God does. There's some things that's not supposed to grow in the desert. But if you do what God does to make his stuff grow, you find out you can grow some stuff in places where it's not supposed to grow. All you got to do is do what God does. Y'all know that's all that science is. Y'all know what science is? Here's the definition of science God gave me. It's the study of what God does and the attempt to replicate it for human use. That's all science is. That's all science is. I had a parent that came to me that said, my, my, my son is struggling with uh, the, the Bible versus science and, and, and God versus science. And, and I said, well, send him to me, talk to him, because, you know, I, I, I got good answers for all that stuff. But while I was studying for this message, God gave me the answer to tell the boy that, the st that science ain't nothing but studying what God does and then trying to replicate it for human use. That's all science is. So, so we plant and water, but we got to wait for God to do what only he can do. Because you do understand that once they put it in the ground, I don't care how much science they have, ain't nothing they can do to make that seed produce. They just got to put it in the ground, try to replicate what God does, and they still got to wait. They can't make nothing grow. They got to wait. To do, for God to do what only he can do. I heard this song when I was in Africa. When I was in Kenya, the song went, Yahweh, Yahweh, come and do what only you can do. Yahweh, Yahweh, come and do what only you can do. Y'all, it's seed time. 
And God's got to do what only he can do. So financially, giving is your seed. This is what we've been talking about uh, this month. Financially, giving is the seed. You got to know what seed to plant to get your harvest. So 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, it says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So as you give, you give a little bit, and God will grow it. You put one seed in the ground, but when it grows, that plant has many seeds, and so you get increase, but you put five seeds in the ground, you get five times the increase. You put 25 seeds in the ground, you get 25 times the increase. So if you sow a little bit, you sow $2, I'm going to bless you for your $2. You sow 200 I'm going to bless you that much more for 200 he said, but whatever, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion because your name is on next to a number. That's why we don't put your names on there so you don't have to feel pulled to, to, to give. Uh, he said, because God loves a cheerful giver. In other words, I love people who give to me because they want to and not because somebody begged them to because uh, uh, y'all know we're the same way as God. We're in his image. If you act like you don't want to give it to me, I don't want it. Oh, it's, it's all that for this little dollar twenty-five. It's, it's all that to get a hundred dollars out of you. You know what? Keep it. God is the same way. I gave you everything. I ask you for 10% and you having a fit and rolling all out and pouting because you ain't gave your because you didn't want to give 10%. God said, keep it. I'm good. I ain't broke. You the one got rent. He said, but if you will give it cheerfully. The Bible says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that I love this scripture. In all things, at all times, having all that you need. That sounds like more than enough. And all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Then he says, now he, God, who supplies seed to the sower, not seed to the stingy, not seed to the wasteful. He said, I'm going to provide seed to the sower. And from that seed, there'll be bread for food. He said, but I'll also supply and increase your store of seed. If you would give me that, that little seed you have, I'm not only going to increase it and let it meet all your needs, but then I'm going to give you more seed because I understand what you're going to do with it. I see what kind of person you are. You're a sower. You're going to put more in the ground. And so I'm going to increase your store of seed. In other words, you give your money, I will bless you and, and make sure you eat off of what that you've given. And then I'm going to give you a whole lot of money just so you can sow it somewhere else. He said, and you'll be, and then, so that's going to enlarge your harvest. He said, and you'll be enriched in every way. So why? So you can be generous. On every occasion, God wants us to be like him. He's generous. He lavishes us with his love. He lavishes his grace. As a matter of fact, he's, he's so generous that he said, the more you sin, the more grace I have. Where sin abounds, grace does that much more about. You ought to be glad just to be going to heaven and living with Christ. But you know what he's going to do? He go overboard. God is so overboard. So since y'all coming up here, I'm going to make streets of gold. I'll put healing in the trees. I'm going to put jasper in the walls. I'm going to put all the, the whole level of jewels in the wall. God is just so extra. He's just extra. He said, I'm going to open up the Red Sea, and you ought to be glad I'm getting you away from Pharaoh. But you know what I'm going to do? Just because I can, I'm going to dry the whole bed up. It, it, wasn't just, it wasn't just that he opened the Red Sea, but he opened the Red Sea and dried the land. He's so extra. And because he's extra, he wants you to be extra, to be generous on every occasion. Don't hey, raise your hand if you're stingy. God is looking for people to bless that are generous. 
on every occasion. And through your generosity, he says, it's going to result in thanksgiving to God. When is the last time you caused somebody to thank God? Thank you. For, oh, man, I needed this. I was just praying for this this morning. Thank God. When's the last time somebody thanked God for you? He said, if you do this, it's going to result. I told you it's going to make God look good. It's going to result in thanksgiving to God. He said, this service you perform, it's not just supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's overflowing everywhere in many expressions of thanks to God. It's seed time. If you want to be financially set later, you're going to have to learn to be a giver now. So for finances, giving is the seed. But for the community, Prayer is the seed. It's seed time. It's seed time. So we're doing prayer walks throughout our one-mile mission. We're all around the one-mile surrounding each one of our churches. And it comes from Joshua chapter 1, uh, verse 1 through 6. God gave me this years ago for New Antioch. He said, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them. And then he says, I will give you every place where you set your foot. He said, I promised Moses that I would. Just like I blessed your grandmama and blessed like I, I, I blessed the the, the saints of God before, just like I blessed Peter and Paul and all of them. He said, I'm going to give you every place where you set your foot. And that's why we're not doing drive-bys. That's why we're not doing uh, just throw a prayer in that, in that direction. That's why I need you to put your foot on the ground. He said, I'm going to give you every place where you set your foot. Then he begins to tell him his territory. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river Euphrates and all the Hittite countries and to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. He began to tell him what his circle was. He began to tell him what land he was giving them. God has told us, start with the one mile around your church and then go the second mile and then go the third mile. And when we get to the fifth mile, what we found out is all of the churches intersect once we get five miles out. And so all of that area is what we have going to put our foot on. And he says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Just be strong and courageous because you will leave these people and inherit the land that I swore I was going to give them. And so as you walk this community surrounding this one mile of Aliante, here's what you're going to do. And this is what we're going to put on paper and give to you as you pray. One, you're going to claim the territory that we walk on for the kingdom of God. Goes a little bit like this. Father, in the name of Jesus, we claim this territory for you. As you gave Joshua every piece of land that his foot tread upon, we stake claim over every piece, that every place that our feet touch. And then you will just say whatever it is that you want to happen next on that street. Number two, we're going to cover the neighborhoods and the people. So you're going to walk down and you're going to say something like, Father, we cover this street in Jesus' name. We ask that your angels keep watch over these families. We rebuke hurt, harm, and danger. Cover these children as they walk down this street. Give them a chance to be saved. Give them a chance to know you. We're going to cover the neighborhoods and the people. Number three, we're going to seed the atmosphere for a harvest because prayer is a seed that goes to the atmosphere. It's happening up here where there are principalities and powers and, and demonic forces, but there's also angels 
There's also the Holy Spirit all in the atmosphere. So we're going to see the atmosphere. It's sort of like they figured out how God did some stuff, and they found out that if you seed the clouds, eh, that, that, that they can produce rain. So we're going to see the atmosphere over this, over this uh, neighborhood that God has given us. So it's like, God, we ask you to give us a harvest on this street. Save somebody on this street. Give us entire households on this street. Let them come in contact with our churches. Give us the strategy to be able to reach them. You're just throwing a prayer on that street to seed that atmosphere for a harvest. Then number four, we're going to stir the spiritual realms above our churches and above our areas. How do I do that? Lord Jesus, we fight for this area in the spirit realm. Send your warring angels in the spirit realm above this street. Rebuke the enemy of fear. Rebuke violence. Rebuke suicide. Rebuke burglary. Rebuke adultery. Rebuke addiction. In the name of Jesus, I pull down the strongholds over this neighborhood that are hovering over this neighborhood your kingdom come your will be done you're stirring up that spirit realm and then we take dominion over our domain this is our domain you stay claim. The first thing you did was you stay claim to your domain, right? So you say, in the name of Jesus, we take dominion over this street. The devil has no authority here. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. You said, Jesus, that we could bind on earth what you bound in heaven. You said we could release in the earth what you released in the heaven. You said you gave us dominion and authority. This is our domain, and we take authority over this area. In Jesus' name. And so when we pray, when you go out there to pray, pray believing that God is answering prayer. Because he's the one who's declared seed time. And he said, your seed for this community is prayer. And when you pray, believe God is answering prayer. Talk to the people. If you get the opportunity to talk to somebody, talk to them. Pray for them directly. If they're open to you, praying for them. But pray for everybody that you see as you go. And you got to know that one prayer for one person can be life-changing. One prayer. I got any witnesses. For one person can be life-changing. One prayer for one person can change that entire family. And one family can change that entire street. And a few streets can change an entire neighborhood. These are our mission fields. So we got to take the church to them we want a harvest of people. We want a full church. We want a thriving community center. So for the community, prayer is the seed. Somebody say, it's seed time. Seed time. Then he said, talk about their families. He said, family, word and deed is the seed. For your family, word and deed is the seed. Mark eleven twenty two says, and Jesus said to them, Answering said to them, have faith in God. Verily I say to you, whatever you shall say, whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. And so he said, therefore, I'm saying to you, I say, because he said it. And so he put some things in the atmosphere because he said, so I'm going to tell you what I'm going to say. I just told you what, what you need to say. Let me tell you what I'm saying. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. So you, you need to begin to speak words of affirmation over your family. Whatever you want it to look like, whatever you want your harvest to be for your family, that's what you have to say. During this God proclaimed seed time. You got time right now to say what you want to see in your family. You say what you want to see until you see what you said. For your marriage, what do you want to see? You got to change what you say. That man gets on my last nerve with his stupid self. That woman, she sure is getting fat and sloppy. These kids getting on my last nerve. Act 
acting like their parents, their other parent. Because you don't see that they, what they're really doing is acting like you. But what do you want to see over your children? What do you want to see in your parents? That old lady getting on my nerves. She getting senile. What do you see? What, what, do you, what, do you, what do you want to see in your siblings? My sister with her lazy self, I can't stand her. My old junkie brother, 35 years old, smoking weed in mama's basement, sorry. It's the word that's the seed. You got to say what you want to see. Change your word. It's the time where God has given you the opportunity to say, my kid is smart. My husband's a good man. My wife is looking good. My parents are healthy and strong. My siblings are coming along real good. I see God on them. I see God working on them. They will be free. He will drop that. What do you want to see in your children? What do you want to see? They is kind. They is smart. They is important. What do you want to see? It's seed time. And not just your words, but also your deeds. God said your words and your deeds. Every good and kind thing you do is a seed. Every investment that you make in your child is a seed. Every investment that you make in your family member is a seed. It's, a, it's what you do. It's the kind things you do. It doesn't matter what they're doing to you. You're planting seed. And God is saying to you today that for your family, word and deed is the seed I want you to plant. Because some of you, you living right now what you said last year. And if you don't change what you say, you're going to be living next year what you said this year. And be intentional about the seed. Just don't scatter it. Be intentional about it. Plant it. Plant it. Every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, I'm going to text my son and say what I need God to do for him. I'm going to text my parents. I'm going to call them on the phone. Plan your seed. Plan what you're going to say. Take a look at what you want to see and plan what you're going to say. And then do those deeds that support what you're saying about them. Plant it. Plan it. Keep that soil good by your kindness and your prayer and your gratefulness and your loving demeanor. Plant the seed right now and cover that seed with prayer. Matter of fact, take them phones out. Take your phone out, and I want you to text somebody right now. Somebody in your family, your child, your sibling, your husband, your wife, your parents, text them right now. And what you're going to do is plant a seed, and we're going to pray over the seed that we're planting right now. What do you want to see? Tell them they are what you want to see. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray over these seeds right now. Pray over these seeds right now. 
God, you said it was seed time, and I'm standing on your word. So as they plant these seeds, God, this is what we want to do. We cover that seed. The devil can't take it away. The devil can't snatch it from them. God, we are planting seed into our loved ones, into our families, and we want to see what we say. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody say, it's seed time. What is the harvest you want to see for your family? God said words and deeds is the seed. One more. Personal growth. Obedience is the seed. <laughs> it's seed time. One of the young adults, when I said obedience, he said that word. That word. <laughs> that, that word obedience. But God is giving us some seed time. Now, I know how it is when you're on your phone. You made that text. Do not read all the rest of your text. Quit answering that text about the beans this afternoon and what you bring and what time y'all going to the movies. Get off Instagram. Shut down your Facebook page. Put that phone down. Quit scrolling. Quit scrolling. Right. <laughs> I know I do it myself. I was trying to text somebody. Right. Because this time is personal. You need to hear this one. It's personal. Obedience is the seed. I need you to seek God for the plan for your life. But then tell him, God, I want the plan for my life, but give me the prevailing plan. in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. God, I want your purpose to prevail. So, God, tell me what my purpose is. Tell me how you want my life to look, and then tell me what to do about it. I need you to ask God what to do and do exactly what he said. If you want that personal growth, if you want to look good for God, if you want to give him glory out of your life, ask God what to do and do exactly what he said for your health for your wealth, for your relationships, for your mental health, for your family, for all that concerns you. The Bible says in Psalms 138 and 8, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. It says the Lord will work out his plans for my life. It's the Bible says in Philippians 1 and 6, be confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of Christ. It means being confident confident of this, that he who began a work in you will carry it on to completion. God does want you to be spiritually excellent, physically fit, financially set, emotionally stable, mentally sound, relationally fruitful, socially connected. He wants that for you, but you're going to have to do what he says. Obedience is a seed that will bring about that harvest that you want in your life. God has given you a shot. He's telling you, I'm opening up a season right now. I've declared it's seed time, what I want you to do so I can give you the harvest that you're looking for, so I can give you the life that you want. I need you to plant a seed of obedience. I know obedience is hard, but plant as many of them as you can. If you obey him on five things, he'll take care of the other five you didn't get around to. Just plant a seed. You're going to get something because he said it's seed time. So obey as much as you can. He'll help you obey the rest. God has given you a shot, and so you can't throw away your shot. So I will not throw away my shot. I came to church today. I tuned in today because God wanted to give me a shot at the life that I want. So, God, I'm not going to throw away my shot. Um, help me to obey you. Help me to do right. It is your seed. Plant it and then wait for the end result. It's a process. It takes time. It's seed, time, and harvest. It takes time. Our problem is that we were raised in a microwave era. And we don't like stuff that takes time. You tied for three weeks, and it didn't turn around. And so you quit. Because you thought it worked like a microwave. I'm older than the microwave. 
I remember when it was invented. And it changes something in your mind. Because now you don't want to wait for nothing. We got a whole generation of kids that don't want to wait. We pay extra to have faster internet. Because we don't want to wait 20 seconds. We want it to go in five seconds. You're talking about a 15-second difference. And you're going to pay extra money of it on it because you're living in a generation that don't believe in waiting. Let me tell you how ridiculous it is to obey just for a little while and then quit because it didn't move fast enough. That's like somebody telling you that you're pregnant and, and because you didn't have a baby the next day, you decide to abort the pregnancy. You're like, nine months? Oh, that's too long. And so you get to the third month, and that baby ain't here yet. You really want the baby. This is what you really want. But you abort the baby because it took too long. How dumb is that? Because, you know, what the, the reason that we'll wait is because we know if it comes too soon, He won't have the ability to survive. So we do all right with that. Let the baby grow. Let it stay. The doctor, everybody trying to help you keep it in as long as possible because you want it to be able to survive and be strong once it gets here. Am I right? Well, it's the same thing for your personal growth. Sometimes God has to wait for you to be ready. Sometimes he has to wait for it to be ready. Sometimes it's not ready for you, and sometimes you're not ready for it. The reason I waited to give you that six-figure job is because when you had the $14.95 job, you wasted all the money. I gave you $100. You don't have nothing to show for it. You ate it up. You and your hubby went out and spent $100 on the same chicken you had at home. Just so somebody could serve it up to you, put some candles on the table at home, and put that $100 in the bank. You don't have no savings, but you spend $500 on a three-year-old's birthday party. And if the child got sick, you don't even have enough money to sit in an emergency room. The devil is a lie. So you're not ready for it. And sometimes God wants it to be so good. And so big, I got your blessing for you. I got your blessing for you. But Tiffany ain't ready yet. I'm trying to give you something good. But you won't wait for it to get ready. So this takes time. It's seed. Plant the seed and keep planting. It's a process. It takes time. Don't get weary in well-doing. In due season, you will reap if you faint not. Don't faint. Hang in there. Trust the process. Trust God with it. Just keep on seeding. Just keep on saying it. Just keep on praying it. Just keep on giving. Just keep on tithing. Just keep on being obedient and wait on them. Maverick City said it like this. I don't believe in fairy tales. I guess I've outgrown them. But that doesn't mean that I don't believe that there's something bigger than me. He said, I've never seen a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but I've got a promise that I can hold in the middle of the struggle. God, if you said it, you'll perform it. May not be how I want you to, but here's what I'll do. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on you because I've tasted your goodness and I have trust in your promise. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to plant my seed, and I'm going to do my seed of giving for my finances. I'm going to plant my seed of prayer for the community. I'm going to plant my seed of word and deed for my marriage and family. I'm going to plant my seed of obedience for myself. I'm going to break up that hard ground. I'm going to seek to be delivered. I'm going to fast until this thing breaks. I'm going to go to counseling if I have to. I'm going to do spiritual warfare because I know I have to. I'm going to plant that seed in some good ground, and I'm going to water it with faith. I'm going to water it in prayer. I'm going to water it in thanksgiving and expectation and praising God in advance and hoping and confidence. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to wait on you. 
I'm going to wait on you. I've tasted your goodness. I'll wait on your promise. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on you. Because I have a seed in the ground. I have a seed in the ground. I have a seed in the ground. I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching, watching that seed. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait on that seed to break through. I'm, I'm expecting it to bring me a harvest. I, I can't go nowhere because I got a seed in the ground. I, I can't move from here. I, I'm, I'm not going to go looking for something else and looking for something new. I'm not even going to go look and slip into something that will be a little easier than this. I got a seed in the ground. I, I'm not going to abandon the process. I, I'm not going to buy from any other farm because I got a seed in the ground. I got all my hopes in Jesus. I know who I'm banking with. I know who I'm connected to. I got a seed in the ground. So, God, I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to be right here. I'm going to keep planting, and I'm going to be right here. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on you. I've tasted your goodness. I know what you can do. I've tasted your goodness. I trust in your promise. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Wait on the Lord. He'll renew my strength. Wait on the Lord. He'll strengthen my heart. Heart. I'm going to pray while I wait. I'm going to praise while I wait. I'm going to obey while I wait. I'm going to give while I wait. I'm going to work while I wait. I'm going to love while I wait. I'm going to do good while I wait. Why? Because it's seed time. 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 I'm going to wait on you. I trust in your promise that there's seed time. And harvest. But this month we are dealing with being financially set. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow a seed. We don't do a lot of offering raising here. But God said it's seed time. Give them an opportunity to get in on this. So I know that 20, that 2023 is a lot for people. But I dare you to ask God for it. I do the same thing every year. I ask him for it every year. He gives it to me. He gives it to me. I give it back to him. That's how we do. And then he increases my seed just because I was willing to give what he gave me. It seems so simple. I give it to you. You give it back to me. And just because you did that, I'm going to increase your seed and give you some more. I don't know why y'all don't jump on that because, see, you think if you hold on to it or spend it on you that that's more fun. But giving is a whole lot more fun because it gives so much. I'm going to give you an opportunity. Um, if you all put those ways to give back on the screen, we're going to just do a seed, just one seed of $20.23. You bring me, bring me my change. I brought my change uh, box. So I know we don't, I said, God, they don't carry cash. But nobody going to have $20.23. Put it down here. Matter of fact, you can stay here, sir. Um, if you only had that twenty dollar, um, I got your twenty three cent. So he's going. Because I, I want to put a seed into you. So if you had that twenty dollar bill, just bring the twenty up here. We got your twenty three cent, and we're going to lay it on the offering. I cashed that mine, and I found out that I was such a good giver. I didn't know you could put cents on cash app. I'm trying to say, oh, well, I kind of give more. And I found out there's a little dot on there that you can give sins. I said, oh, I must have been balling. <laughs> Go to Cash App. And, in, and when, you, when you put it in there, put seed time. If you want an envelope, so you shouldn't want to get credit for just $20. I understand, though. It's, uh, you can give it to them. Or, okay, y'all do it that way. And then put, lay it on the altar. Go to Cash App. That's how I'm doing mine. $20 and 23 cents to New AA Aliante. If you go on newantioch-aliante.org 
and they have something that where you can put what you're giving towards, just put seed time, and they'll know what to do with it. This is your seed. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over every seed that is coming here. Everyone that's getting in on this seed time, God, I need you to increase their store of seed in the name of Jesus. God, they'll move from just enough to more than enough. I declare everyone giving will move from just enough, from enough to more than enough. Bless this seed that they're giving. God, you can bless them with the 2020 if they want to give it. This is a seed because you told me it was seed time. You told me you would bless them if they planted a seed today. And so God, bless it. Bless it indeed. Enlarge their territory. Let your hand be with them. Keep them from evil. Keep evil from them. Bless them, God. Bless us. Bless us. Bless New Antioch for the seed that they're giving. Bless us with our own building. Bless us with our, our an extension of our community center. God, give us the therapists we need. Give us the tutors that we need. Give us a bigger center, God. We need a bigger community center for the harvest that's coming in. God bless us as we pray. Bless us in this church. Pack this church out in the name of Jesus as we plant seed. Bless them, God. Bless them. That's why I see some of you putting your cash up for the blessing. It's raining. It's raining. It's raining. We're getting our seed in right before it rains. We're getting our seed in to get in on this rain. Hallelujah. I will be content in every circumstance. Because you're more than enough. You are enough. Now today, this is one of those words that I can't lay hands on you and make you walk on it. You have to walk on this word. But some of you do need to get in on the real blessing plan, and that is just being saved. Being saved puts you in this plan already. You don't have to qualify except to believe on Jesus Christ. So I'm going to pray this prayer with you. And you might be listening on the video broadcast. But I'm going to pray this prayer with you. And if you've never accepted the Lord into your heart, if you've never made a connection between you and Jesus and said, I give you my life, I want you to pray this prayer with us. Some of you, however, you've done that before, but you really need to rededicate your life. You need to say, God, I ain't playing. I'm in this thing, and I'm coming into it hard. I'm ready to really change my life. I'm ready to give you my life. I'm ready to be better. I want all that stuff Pastor said. I want to be spiritually excellent and physically fit and financially set and emotionally stable and mentally sound. I want my relationships to be fruitful. I want my, I want to be connected socially and I really want to be connected to you. Then you pray that prayer today as well. So pray the prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, let's pray it all together. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my heart and save me. Forgive me for everything. I've done wrong. I'll live for you the rest of my life. I make you my Lord. I make you my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or you have rededicated your life today, just raise your hand. There's a book I want you to have. We'd love to be connected to you, anyone that's prayed that prayer for the first time or rededicated your life today, you don't have to do anything. All we're going to do is, uh, is give you that book and get some information from you. I mean, nobody today, anybody online, if you have done that and prayed that prayer today, we're asking you to put it in the comments. Or you can go to New Antioch, uh, newantioch-aliante.org. Amen. I see that. Oh, you look for an envelope over here. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. If this is a church you feel like you want to join us because we're on the move, we're excited about what God is going to continue to do. This is a great church already. We're just trying to be more than enough and, and really give God glory. Then you can see any of us 
or you can uh, go to the table on your way out and say, I'm ready to be a member. I'd like to join this church. I believe this is where God is setting me so that I can have some personal growth and grow in the kingdom. Amen. Amen. That's our service for today. Amen. Don't forget the rally. She's, uh, Pastor Sharana talked about that. She might say a little bit more about it. Can I tell you about spring break? I meant to do that when I first got up, but we were in the flow. Spring break, we did some great ministry this week. Um, it was for three days for the teenagers, three days for the little kids, and actually uh, it was six, uh, three days, six days for the uh, young adults. They actually did their own spring break as well. Nine sessions of teaching and training, two field trips, 113 kids. 18 salvations and we kicked it off Sunday night when we baptized 43 souls on Sunday night oh that's why God steps by here his hand is with us his hand is with us oh it's ministry don't get no better than that 43 baptism 18 salvation 113 kids ministered to and they did, a, they did such a great job. Some of them, I tell y'all need to go lay down because the pastor getting ready to go lay down too. I'm getting ready to go lay down for three days. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and to just fast and pray and get before the Lord and rest. Uh, but God, we did good. We did good. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for working with us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for letting us work with you. Let me get that right. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's good ministry, and that, that was with both churches. So to our children's staff and our youth staff, job well, well done, well done. We're so excited about that. And then just uh, don't forget, we're still trying to get just one. Train, pray, and go back. If I let the pastor come on and do this, because I'm tired. But I love you.